0: Hi, this is Bill Hoppy, Buffalo Sabres beat reporter, and I'm joined by Nick Sabato, Buffalo Bills beat reporter, Niagara Gazette sports editor, and welcome to episode 13 of Buffalo Press Box. Nick, 13 of these. Can you, when we started way back in uh, September, would you ever have believed we'd reached 13 episodes?
1: I don't know. It was a, you're a wild card, so you never know.
0: That's right. But here we are, we, we've, we've plugged away and we're celebrating our 13th episode. We haven't been uh, celebrating too many Bills wins, Nick. Uh, they lose to the Philadelphia Eagles, 37-34 to 34 in overtime. They're 6-6 six and six now, unfathomable. They're 6-6. Six and six and six. A playoff spot is looking less likely by the week. Just another gut-wrenching, puzzling loss. Uh, I guess one good thing out of it is Josh Allen's performance. I mean, he led those late drives. He certainly put them in position to win. Just w- what do you make of his performance? I mean, he, was, he went 29-51, to 51, 339 yards, two touchdowns, had that interception, nine rushes for 81 yards, a couple of touchdowns. I mean, it was, to me, it, I know he still had the turnover, but it was an MVP-type performance in a very, very difficult environment. Just what do you make of the whole, the, the whole afternoon for him?
1: Well, he put the team on his back, right? I mean, right. He it was his show, and it was – the first time all season that we've seen a vintage Josh Allen performance. I mean, he's had some other outstanding games, you know, that um, I thought he played pretty well against the Jets. Um, he had a great game against the Dolphins, played well against the Raiders. But in terms of just run, running, throwing, doing everything, um, he looked like vintage Josh Allen. He had that swagger, um, you know, that, that first rushing touchdown where he kind of bowled over the guy at the goal line and then flexed afterwards and talked trash to the people in the end zone. <laughs> yeah. That's Josh Allen. And I think that's, that's the guy people have been waiting for all, all season. And he finally showed up. Um, And he put the team on his back. I mean, aside from that, the last, the last drive in regulation, um, they really couldn't run the ball with the running backs. It was, the rain was miserable. Um there were some drops. Um a couple of a couple of missed uh pass interference calls. Um it, he just carried the team and obviously yeah he had the interception that that led to a, a go ahead touchdown. Um and I I don't know when he's gonna figure out that trap coverage. He's been burned by it it seems like every week. Um but you live with one of those plays when you get four touchdowns and 420 total yards from a guy like that um definitely you know he he was magnis- magnificent i mean obviously the last the last play of the game there with with Gabe Davis uh i think that that was that miscommunication was probably on Allen um they were expecting an all out blitz they got it um i think Allen thought that the corner was going to carry with Davis and you know he he figured okay he's going there's going to be no safety in the middle of the field instead the Eagles switched it uh, Davis went to the pylon instead I think Allen probably threw that ball a half second early I mean didn't have a ton of time to throw but I think he had you know a, you know another beat another half second and if he held it a little longer he probably sees that switch and it's a touchdown but you know that's I mean easy for easy for me to sit here and say that. Um I just thought he was great. Um, you know the the, the touchdown to, to Diggs. I mean that was another one of those throws where he's not open, <laughs> um, and it's third down. There are there are two guys open underneath. Where if you throw them the ball, it's either a first down or you're in fourth and one. But he threw it where only where it was either going to be incomplete or it was going to be a catch and that's the kind of bad decision you want to see from Josh Allen. You know, that that's the bad decision you that you'll live with with a guy like that because mm-hmm. what maybe maybe Patrick Mahomes is maybe the only other guy on the planet that could make that throw. And he made it and Diggs made the catch. That if the Bills are going to make the playoffs and I think they're going to have to run the table to do it, they need that guy. And if they don't get that guy every week or, or close to that guy every week, um they're not gonna
0: make it interesting so uh josh allen's second game with joe brady uh the offense again looked a lot better than it has been just what trends are you noticing with joe brady what's been his impact so far in these two games because i mean it's a noticeable difference from from your view i mean what, what is his impact
1: well, I, I think he's empowering Josh Allen a little bit more where it's not so much we're gonna we're gonna try and you know, mix and match personnel to beat their personnel on any given play. It's more can you stop can you stop what we do? And I think that was more what was missing uh during Ken Dorsey's, you know, run here this season it was just instead of catering to what the defense was doing, Joe Brady has attack the defense you know he, he's he's had some 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 miscues I, you know there's the the one series where they were backed up against their own goal line and they trot out you know david edwards a sixth offensive lineman and, and reggie gilliam a fullback and pretty much said hey we're running the ball and it didn't work out they almost they almost got called for a safety there um, <laughs> and you know there there are some other things here and there um they, they ran a lot of empty sets, and I think if Allen hadn't been running the ball the way that he had been, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I think there's even a couple of times where they ran empty and didn't have a running back on the field, where they, they had four wide receivers and a tight end or something like that. Um, but it works when Allen is running the way he is because he's a threat to run. He kind of He kind of takes the place of a, a running back there. Um, and I think Allen, that you know, it spreads the defense out and gives Allen some some lanes to run. Um, now, obviously, they're not going to get 80 yards on the ground from Allen in every game. That's um, just not. It's not going to happen every week. But he needs to be a threat to 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 scramble every week. Um, he needs to have that green light. He needs to be able to pick up chunks, and I, and I think. Joe Brady is putting in him in positions to do that right now. And I'm going to tell you, Brady, you know, he was that it guy uh, a few years ago when he was at LSU with Joe, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. Uh-huh. When he speaks, I mean, he, he, he spoke um, Tuesday Tuesday morning to the media when he speaks, he sounds like that it guy. He sounds like a future coaching star, like a guy who could run his own team someday. Um, he just says all the right things. He's a smooth guy. Um, you know, when, when when he was asked about um, the miscommunication between Allen and Davis, he put it on himself. Um, and he consistently says, you know, you know, you, you know, when when asked about the performance of the offense, he said, "Well, you know, at the end of the day, his job is to win and score points, and they didn't win. I mean, that's putting it on himself. That's that's what a a good a good head coach does. And you know, I think the next five games are going to be big for him. Maybe you know if, if we'll see what happens. But if, if the Bills continue to put up points the way that they're they're putting up points the last couple of weeks." Um, he can become that guy again.
0: You know, you mentioned the running game, and the, the Bills, they they don't seem to have much of a running game. I mean, there's certainly been moments, games from James Cook where he's looked like that feature back, and Latavius Murray's been a, a solid addition. And I even think Ty Johnson has looked, in his limited uh, you know, action, he's looked That's pretty a impressive, like a, a guy you'd want to keep around. But uh, what, I mean what can the bills do with the running game at this point in the season? I mean, is it just going to, are they just going to keep relying on the pass? I mean, it just seems like it, it's something that hasn't been there with any consistency this year.
1: But whether it's, whether it's what the, the, the bills are doing, you know, call wise, whether it's Josh at the line, I don't think they're always in, in a good position to run the ball at times. Um, uh, you know the the I don't know how great Josh Josh Allen is as as a read option or RPO guy. I think he 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 wants to pull the trigger on the on the on the P part of the RPO a lot, <laughs> um, and I I think there are a lot of times where 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 he uh, he gives it when when he should keep it or vice versa, um, and that's some of it. Um, Latavius Murray has really struggled the last, the last few weeks. Um, he had been playing pretty well, um, you know, early in the season and, and that kind of got him some, you know, there was a couple of games where he was almost neck and neck with Cook and, and snaps. Yeah. Um, and some of that is, is pass protection. Um, James Cook is just not there pass protection wise yet. Um, but you know, it just hasn't been there with him run wise uh, recently. And Ty Johnson, man he he's got he's got some juice when he runs the ball there. There, he's just he hits the hole hard, um, and he's got some speed when he when he does hit the hole. So I, you know, people have been asking about Leonard Fournette, um, but after the two games from Ty Johnson, can you take him out of the lineup and put Leonard Fournette in? I don't know
0: i would say no i mean
1: um, certainly not after the jets game you couldn't take him out um, no. but mm-hmm. I, I know he I, i'd like to see a little bit more of him and maybe a little less of latavius murray
0: for sure i think he's been uh, a solid mid-season addition i mean uh, for a guy that was on the practice squad and and it i mean he has nfl experience i don't want to make it sound like he's never been a like he's some unknown but uh I think he's provided a nice little spark there and an area the bills certainly need so i mean this bills game i mean just people were just losing their minds over this loss and and, and so, so a lot of uh, unhappiness with sean mcdermott's late game decision making i mean we, we can break down so many different things just uh there's, uh, well, first of all, let's start with the uh, decision to just run the clock out at the end of regulation. What, what do you make of that?
1: You take the the kneel or, or trying to, to milk the clock at the end of the game and not being successful at it.
0: Oh, well, all right, let, let's do both because I forgot about that.
1: Yeah. They get the ball with seven minutes and they pop, you know, a couple of, Ten plus yard runs in a row, and and all of a sudden they're on the move and they're milking the clock, trying to milk the clock. And if you're you, you get three or four, you know, double digit runs. That's that's not the best scenario for that. But it's really hard to get the ball with seven minutes left and not give it back. Um, and that's what it looked like they were trying to do and then all of a sudden they get to the two-minute warning and they're at the seven-yard line, and I think they kind of realize we can't do this, and they finally just throw the touchdown pass. Um, I would like to see them just just try and score because they've been down that road so many times this year where they give the ball back with, like, two minutes left, and the defense can't hold up on its end of the bargain. Whether it's the the Giants down the Giants game, they made the initial stop, and then the offense couldn't pick up another first down after that. But still, it was Tyrod Taylor and the Giants, and they went down the field and got to the one-yard line and pretty much got lucky that they didn't score. Um but you look at St. Broncos two less than two minutes. Um Patriots less than two minutes. Uh and now the Eagles less than two minutes, they go down and, and score. The deep like Sean McDermott is putting more faith in his defense than he is the offense. And the numbers just the numbers and the and the the facts, you know, the, the results just don't support that line of thinking. And then the kneel down, I mean taking a timeout. He took a timeout on third and third and fifteen, third and sixteen, third and seventeen, whatever it was. Okay, I I, I guess I, I I get that you want to make sure your defense is set, but then he takes one to ice the kicker, and that's that's the one that kind of killed them there. Why why not just why if you if, if you if you want to make sure everybody is set on their field goal responsibilities. Do it during the timeout. But he said he wanted to ice the kicker. And I, I don't know how often that works. Um, it's anno- I find it annoying. Yeah. Uh, I, this it, is a, it, a viewer. <laughs> I, I just don't think that works very often. Um, and it didn't work this time that Jake Elliott made a miraculous field goal. And then all of a sudden they've got one timeout left in 20 seconds. Now, he... He blamed the Eagles' pass rush for not wanting to take a shot there. The Eagles' pass rush had sacked him one time in the game, and then uh, Monday when he spoke to us again, he still kept that line of thinking, but threw the weather into it. Well, to that point, Allen had thrown for three hundred twenty-two yards. I don't think the weather bothered him. So, you know, uh, it, to me that it was it was cowardly. You have you have. Maybe a guy with the, the strongest arm in the NFL. You've been there before. I mean, they, they had 23 seconds against the Detroit Lions last year on Thanksgiving, and he brought this up um, Monday where, where you know, the first play of that drive, they get at the same spot, the 25. First play, Allen throws a 36-yard dart to Diggs, and all of a sudden they're in business. You know, yeah, it's different. That was in a dome Um a lot of a lot of things have to go the right way to get that throw, but take a shot. I mean, your your season is on the line. Um, I I just think he was worried about things that that weren't there, almost like he was seeing ghosts. I mean, Allen has had 154 dropbacks in the two minute drill in his career. He's been sacked six times, and he's got two turnovers a lifetime in the final two minutes. So. I mean, I mean, it, it, I would have liked to see them. I a low percentage, but I would like to see them take a shot. You've got the guy to do it. Like you, you, we talked about it before. That you know, it seemed like they had a guy. They were paying two hundred fifty million dollars to be a game manager. Well, you pay a guy two hundred fifty million dollars to go win you the game with twenty seconds left. And, yeah, I I agree. I mean. You gotta trust him in that in that scenario to be smart.
0: Were there any other uh, decisions I, I'm missing here that have been questioned? I'm trying to think.
1: Well, there was the idea of maybe going for it on on fourth and seven after the miscommunication there. To me, that's the that was the most difficult of the decisions um, because it's fourth and seven. Now the bills had been seven of 14 on on third and seven or longer in the game. Uh, to that point, you know the Eagles defense had been on the field a lot. The bills ran 90 some plays. Um, maybe you go for broke there. Um, but again McDermott had had a lot of confidence in his defense. I think I think more than everybody else does. Um, and that turned out to be true. Um that, I I don't know. I I don't know that I would have hated it. Um if if he goes for it there, but obviously that's, you know, going for it on fourth and 7 instead of taking some points. You never know what's going to happen when the Eagles get the ball. Um so that one's tough. But I mean, once he, you know, the, some of the other stuff too is there's no there he doesn't seem to to live between uber aggressive an uber conservative, he's either playing a soft a soft shell or he's he's sending the house in some of these situations. Like he, he sent a zero blitz against the Jaguars on a third and four, and Kevin Ridley got thirty two yards off it, and that turned out to be that set up uh, the back breaking touchdown. Um, the Broncos he sends a zero blitz, and Taron Johnson gets called for a pass interference call. That sets up the game-winning touchdown. He calls a zero blitz against the Eagles in the red zone. Well, you know, I think we we talked about it last week. Jalen Hurts is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL against the blitz, and the Eagles run a whole lot of quarterback draws. Like you're just asking for the result that that occurred. And the Eagles, we've been talked about it after the last game. They couldn't believe that they they got a blitz in that scenario. Um, you know that that's puzzling. You know, just so many of these these situations, he just doesn't seem to have the answers at the moment.
0: All right, Nick. So as as I said before, as, well, I think everyone would agree with me. Uh, the Bills five hundred in the waning days of November. No one would have thought it was possible. Um. Especially, I mean, especially after some of the teams they've, pl- they've played in recent weeks and some of the teams they've lost to. And, and did, this just seems, I mean, it doesn't, it, it w- it's one thing if they didn't, didn't win the division, Miami's on the rise. But I, I think, I think at the very least, people expected an 11-6 team and a wild card or whatever. I mean, what, I mean, are they still alive? I mean, they're they're in the hunt according to the graphic on uh, cbs that we always see which is a little ridiculous as we all know um but i mean do they have a chance i mean
1: i think i think i saw somewhere that they have they still have like the ninth best odds to win the super bowl
0: <laughs> yeah i mean just get in right right
1: I mean, uh, yeah but- they're, they're still alive i think Obviously, they have the bye this week, and I believe Sean McDermott is still undefeated coming out of a bye. Um, and he hasn't lost them yet. Um, they s- clearly still play hard for him. Um, so you know all the talk about fire McDermott, fire McDermott. Well, you're not going to fire a guy who's six and six right now. He's gone to the playoffs, what, four years in a row, won the division three years in a row. He's won a playoff game three years in a row. Um, he's not going anywhere right now, but this, I think, is the make-or-break game for the Bills here. If they beat the Chiefs, I think that's the kind of win that that really springs them, that really gives them some momentum going forward. Um, I think if they lose to the Chiefs, they're 6-7. and seven. Even if they win out... You don't you you don't know if that if that's enough to get you in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's that things could change if they lose. The, the wheels could fall off if they lose, and that's you know I I think they would have to almost lose four out of five or something like that for McDermott to get fired. To be honest with you, um, but if they win, yeah, there's I I think that's the kind of that's the kind of when that can springboard them to, to the playoffs. And as we saw against the Eagles, they are more than capable of winning. They are more than talented enough to win. But they need, they need Josh Allen to be Josh Allen to do it. I mean, Patrick Mahomes hasn't been all that Mahomes-like this year. Mm-hmm. Um, that offense just isn't scoring at the same rate they're kind of proving that it's it's not just the quarterback that you need some weapons as well obviously they had a they had a nice finish to their game against the raiders um but they're going to need the Bills. they're going to need the josh allen that that they saw sunday to be that guy again to beat the chiefs
0: all right nick good stuff on the bills nick how are you going to spend your bye week i mean uh Sunday is our uh, busy day for you. I mean, uh, what do you think about doing Sunday?
1: Oh, Niagara, Niagara basketball is uh, begins Mac play Friday. They got a Friday Friday Sunday homestand.
0: Oh, all right. Well, I guess you don't really get much of a break then.
1: Yeah, I would imagine the Gallagher Sunday will be rocking and half full. Um, <laughs> They
0: got that big meeting with Bana next week.
1: They do. And Thurman Thomas will be will be there on Friday night to hype them up. Really? That's what they say. Cool. Yeah. Marshall Marshall Wingate gets his gets his banner raised uh Wednesday against St. Bonaventure. What's the what's the line on that game, Bill?
0: I don't know. But here's my line. The Bonnies will win.
1: Are you going to show up with your chest painted? No. I think you should. At least your face painted. No. Fine. You're a party pooper. Do you ever predict? Do you have a what's the what's the score?
0: Uh, Bana, uh, Niagara. Yeah. Um. How do you like it?
1: Oh yeah yay, yay.
0: Bana eighty, Niagara seventy.
1: Oh, high scoring game. I think you're giving. Yes. I think you're giving a. We'll, we'll see. We'll see if Niagara can get to seventy there. But, All right, but the Sabers uh, with the big news of of the middle of the week here, Devin Levi being sent to Rochester. Um, he was anointed the starter at the beginning of the season. Um, came in from Northeastern last year and really really took uh, the league by storm at the end of the season and, and earned the number one job there. And he ju- it just hasn't translated uh, into, I don't know, can you call this year two? Um, it, it just hasn't been there. He was injured for a while, uh, came back and really couldn't grab that job again. And now he's on his way to Rochester. What do you make of that whole situation, Bill?
0: I think it's actually a good situation. I mean, it, it, Devin Levi was trying to do something no one has ever done before, and that's jump right from the NCAA college hockey to the NHL. And, I mean, he, he did well in his first in go-around. I mean, he he grabbed the net at the end of last year, and the Sa- he played well, and the Sabres came within a win of the playoffs. And this year, uh, he played the first four games, uh, and he, he did all right. And uh, even in some of his recent starts, he's done okay. But uh, the Sabres, uh, I think even before he got hurt, uh, they were going to – at some point find action for the other guys and the other guys being Ukapeka Lukanen and Eric Comrie, and they've played very well and they've outplayed them. And at a certain point you have to make some difficult decisions. And Sabres are carrying three goalies. Uh Ukapeka Lukanen's been on a roll. He's time it's time for him to be the guy that gets the net two out of three games or three out of four or whatever, be, be that guy. And, uh, you know, Devin Levi was number three and he's the only guy that has options to go to the minors and with the Rochester Americans, he can, he can get the net most games. He can be the starter. He can be the guy down there. And I think that's what's best for his development. And, uh, you know, I don't know how long this is going to last, if it's going to last, three weeks three months i could see it lasting you know most of the season even but i think it's best for his development i mean this isn't a bad thing i mean it it, it, it seemed it seemed imminent maybe last week that it, something was going to have to break sooner or later and i i think knowing him that he'll embrace it that he realizes this is his best for his development as well he's a guy that loves just playing like anyone else but I mean he really loves you know being in that net and the best chance for him to do that right now is in Rochester
1: Should there be concern is it reasonable to be concerned that this whole ordeal could break him?
0: No I don't think so at all because as we've talked about he's he, he's, he's different I mean just to do what he's done already to St- be an NHL starter, albeit, you know, for just, whatever, a couple of weeks, but to start critical NHL games with postseason implications, a team fighting for its first playoff spot in whatever, uh, 12 years, you know, weeks out of college, his first games in the NHL, I mean, that, that, that it takes a special, you know, athlete, a special person to be able to do that. And to be an opening night starter, this year. Um, he's just, he's built differently. Uh, he has a want that most, uh, uh, you know, athletes don't have, uh, he he's just, he's extremely mature and motivated. And I don't think, I don't think this would break him in the least. I think he'll, he'll, he'll under, I'm sure he's disappointed. I mean, I mean, I don't want to downplay that. I'm sure he's disappointed, but uh, from everything I've, I know about him, I've learned about him talking to him for you know, a couple years and being around him for, for a bit, uh, I I think he understands that he can, he can do something special with this opportunity. And I mean, he's going to be back. I don't know if it'll be, as I said, uh, a few weeks and a few months, but I mean, he's going to be back and he'll, he'll be a big part of the Sabres future.
1: And UPL, did you see that his save only, uh, only got the number three spot in the sports center top 10? Did it? Yeah.
0: Well, I'm glad it made it because it certainly deserves it. That's a definite save of the year candidate.
1: Right. Some some mid-major buzzer beater in an empty arena was the number one.
0: Of course it was.
1: <laughs> um but he he played he played extremely well against the against the Rangers. Um he's played he's played well of late in general. Um I think you know he had a goal. Uh, against the Rangers, that he he just didn't see. Um, I think he got he got a little screened on it just because he just didn't move on it. Um, but overall, I thought he's played relatively well in the last the last few weeks. Oh,
0: for sure he's pl- he's played very well, and this is probably last week or two or th- whatever three to five six games has been maybe his best stretch to the NHL, and it, he he looks different to many of us who've seen him for a long time. He just, he looks confident. We've never seen him display so much confidence in, in the crease. And that, that's meaningful. I mean, to me last night in Madison Square Garden, he just looked like if he saw the puck he was going to stop it. And ultimately only one got by him. And, uh, you know, he, he's he's been building toward this. And, and as we've discussed, there's been a lot of bumps in the road. I mean, uh he was anointed goalie of the future back when he was in junior, when he was in Sudbury, you know, five years ago. And, and people, I think expected him to be up sooner than later, but I mean, it's taken time. He, he, as we've talked about, he he started in the ECHL with Cincinnati. He, because he had, he had hip surgery and then COVID really uh, wreaked havoc on his development. And um, he's had other injuries. And then there were times in Rochester where he just, quite honestly didn't play that well but this is a guy that as a rookie last year he i mean he had a a really really hot stretch in december and january and uh then he cooled off and i think people who are just so infatuated with devin levi and so disappointed with how he performed down the stretch that they almost forgot about uka peka luca or, or in a some way wrote him off i mean i wrote about i wrote a story it was i think it was Two months ago today during the preseason in St. Thomas, Ontario, when he played. and it was just it was just about how last year taught him you know that he belonged. he can be an NHL goalie and there, there were a lot of people they were like dismissive of dismissive of, of it. And it, it, it surprised me just because I mean he, he's a young goalie and goalies take time. and uh, now we're seeing the benefits of what he went through last year, the good and the bad. And I really think, I mean, it's a small sample size of just however many games, like I said, uh, three, five, six, whatever. But he's becoming what I think uh, the Sabres envisioned years ago when he was uh, anointed kind of the the goalie of the future, or was anointed the goalie of the future. He was, he's just... uh, Big, sturdy, uh, quick goalie who, who's just seeing things well. He's confident. He's he's compa- I mean, his movements are different. I think. I mean, he's just becoming that guy that a lot of people thought he would become.
1: You know, so so the Sabres now they, they have another another nice win against the Rangers. They really turned it on late in the game to pull away after the Rangers got within one. Um, they had a great come from behind win against the the Penguins uh, last week. But then it's it's sandwiched in between, you know, just getting thumped. Um, For sure, and that was a. I mean, seven to two. It felt like
0: about ten nothing.
1: And they had what six six shots on goal through the first two periods.
0: It was I forgot the exact number, but yes, it was extremely low.
1: I think it was six, they had three through the first the first period. Um, just. These these performances aren't aren't lining up. You know we're 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 still in this win one lose one situation with the Sabers here. At, at what point do they? Is this is we we talk about it? It seems like every week is this the win that can really <laughs> get them some momentum?
0: Well, I mean a win like uh, Monday's against the Rangers could certainly be that one that. Uh, Gets them the momentum. I mean, uh, they've had some very nice wins this year, and that might be their best. I mean, the Rangers, literally the best team in hockey, uh, just had been on a tear really all year. And to go into Madison Square Garden and win 5-1, to one, I mean, that was that's significant. But like you say, I mean, that sandwich in between, just a dreadful game against the Devils. And really, I mean, if you want to turn this back to last Friday uh, uh, against the Penguins, that was a very significant win. Uh, just so much. There was so much going on in that game. It was they were down two nothing after two, and Kyle Pozo gets up in the dressing room and basically, it, 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 excuse me, gets up in the second intermission in the dressing room and just it tells his teammates to just you know basically get after it that you know start playing you know more aggressively and so on and uh they go out and they score three goals in the third period and they win and that that felt like a a win that could really get them going and then 24 hours later they just they fall apart almost immediately against the devils but i mean as they have all year that they bounce back against against the rangers and they were just i mean they're a different team i mean don Granado was just talking about how they would just their compete uh it was just so much higher and they they were just they were just you know, consistent with their structure. I mean, a lot went into it. I mean, to pull off a win like that, and they can certainly do it. I mean, these wins aren't flukes. There's a joke that basically you get 20 wins for showing up, 20 losses for showing up, and the other 40 games you sort out. And um, but I don't, I don't see, I don't see any fluky wins really for the Sabres. I think, I think they're earning their wins and. Based on how they've won some of these games and the talent they have, and so forth, you expect them sooner or later to rattle off a bunch of wins and get out of this win one lose one.
1: I it, it. It's easy. It's easy to forget that they were in a hole against the Penguins because they came back and won, but they were, and then they come out and just have a dreadful start. Was it four or nothing after the first period? Hmm. Um yeah the, the the very next night is it's like they're the bills here um <laughs> how do they get away from these dreadful starts yeah, and, and it's been a
0: problem um that's a good question uh i can i can tell you on uh saturday i think they were they just ran into a buzzsaw. i mean the devils an extremely extremely deep talented team they had been in a rush. Lindy rough laid into them. Um, the devils were getting their captain back. Nico Hisher who hadn't played since Kyle Clifton, uh, knocked him out of the, the game a few weeks earlier. So, I mean, the devils were raring to go and it, it kind of felt like one of those games they were just going to wake up from whatever they had been going through. And they certainly did, but it's far as these, excuse me, as far as these slow starts, um, I'm not really sure what's gone into it. I mean, it, it, but they have to they have to fix it sooner or later because, it, it, I mean, <laughs> it's going to bite them. I mean, you can't play from behind in the NHL. I mean, it's something Don Granado preaches all the time. That's one of the reasons he likes to be on the offensive so much is because when you score that first goal, it's just, I mean, even, you, you know, you score the first goal five minutes into the game, The odds of you winning just go up so so much, and uh, the Sabers. I mean, their first periods as a whole this year haven't been that great.
1: Is it because they haven't been on the offensive enough? Um, Obviously, there's a lot of talk last year that they're just the style they were playing was giving up too many too many chances. Did they did they overcorrect? A little too much this year. Um, in, in doing some of that. Obviously they're playing some eleven seven games there with eleven forward, seven defensemen. They bring in they bring up uh Isaac Rosen and and uh Yuri Kulik, and then they go back to you know, obviously they get thumped by the Devils and then they go back to the Rangers with that with that again, I believe, right? 11, 11 forward, seven defensemen against the Rangers. Yeah, with
0: Henry Yokihariu being the seventh.
1: And obviously, I believe he scored a goal in that game. Um, are they are they playing on the defensive too much?
0: I I think the Sabers have gotten in their own head as far as the offense and playing aggressively at times this year. I I think that was that was a lot of Kyle Poso's message was just get after it. I mean, the Sabers have enough talent that they can impose their will on other teams and and, and be the. Whatever the aggressor, whatever you want to call it, but as Don Granados talked about this year, um, I, they focused on different aspects, and I think one one of those obviously is just improving defensively. And when you when you focus on other areas, you you lose you can lose what you're what you're good at. And in focusing on defense and cleaning up certain areas, I think the Sabers have definitely lost some of their offensive abilities, just that aggressiveness that makes them, can, can make them so dangerous. I think with time, they'll get that back. But, uh, and I, we've certainly seen uh, uh, examples with obviously the third period of Thursday, excuse me, Friday's game being the best example that they can do it and they will do it.
1: Can they, I don't it seems to me that it's almost like the Bills where they're, they're kind of getting away from their identity a little bit and trying to be something that they're not. Um, it almost makes sense to me to just get back to the style they had been playing the last what year and a half or so. I mean, you've got additions like, like Clifton. You've got additions like Eric Johnson, uh, Ryan Johnson. You've got some new pieces there that could kind of solidify things. Obviously, UPL is playing better than he did last year. Maybe that maybe that makes up some of the difference uh, on the back end. Because I mean, it's not like yeah they lost some games because they they couldn't they couldn't get a save here or there or, or they gave up a couple too many chances, but. I think the reason they were in a, in the hunt for the playoffs is because they were one of the top scoring teams in the NHL.
0: For sure. But I, but I, I, I think they're, they're thinking their fear is, or whatever you want to call it is they just, they gave up too many. They scored a lot, but they gave up a lot. I mean, they scored, they ranked third in the league in offense last year, but they, they gave, I, f- I forget the number. Um, I'm, uh, I'm contacting the, uh, the research department right now to, uh, to find out how many goals they gave up last year but they just they just gave up too many i mean you you, you can score a ton but when you give up that many it's i mean it's you're not going to i mean it, it in some ways it almost cancels it out so i think they 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 just had they have to clean up that area and they're determined to do it so i think i mean i think at some point or at some points you'll see them turn it loose but i think they they just want us they want to keep a, that cleaner game on their mind. They want they, they need to just uh, become a team that can win three to two games or two to one games uh, more regularly. So I think, I mean, they still, I mean, it's almost the same exact lineup as last year um, with a couple notable additions on the back end, as you say. Uh, same coaching, st- you know, a lot of the same philosophies. So, I mean, it's it's never that far away. So I, I, I think, I mean, I don't think this has been a total identity change or anything like that. I think they're just trying to work out kinks in their game. And I, I, I think they can get back to, uh, you know, being one of the NHL's highest scoring teams. And they gave, they gave it, so they scored 293. The, the research uh, department uh, just got back to me. They scored 293 last year, which was third overall. And they allowed 297 so uh which was seventh so i mean i mean allowing more than you score i mean
1: seventh worst
0: yeah yep correct seventh worst um so you know i mean simple math tells you that they need to trim that number down (laughs) i mean there's a lot of empty net goals i mean there's so many empty net goals these days there's a lot of other there's there's you know that number could get skewed a little, but basically, I mean, it has to be trimmed. So there you go.
1: So My with, thanks to
0: the research team. Not to interrupt you, Nick. Go ahead.
1: So with Kulik and Rosen, I don't think uh, obviously the, the their first their first early early run here, you could get a good look at at what they're capable of at, at the at the NHL level. Obviously, when you just come out and get plastered. <laughs> yeah it, 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 that's a tough evaluation period how long do you think they stick around
0: that's a good question i'm not sure i mean yuri kulik he set out the game against the rangers uh to, so the sabers could go 11-7 um they they got good ice time in the new jersey game uh like you say i mean that's not really a game you're gonna find uh stuff out i mean about guys um at least good stuff uh I think Don Granado said after the game that they were the least of their worries. Which I mean, yeah, I mean, if you lose a game like that, I mean, you're not gonna. (laughs) I don't think the two rookies are to blame, but uh, you know, Jordan Greenway's might be. Jordan Greenway might be back in the near future. Here, Um, Jack Quinn might be back in a month or a few weeks. Um, Is there another injured forward? Forgive me. I I need to contact the research team. So I'm not sure how long this look is going to be, but I think the Sabres thought it was important just to just to reward these guys and give them that look. I mean, they've become really dominant AHL players. I mean, and dominant AHL players at. I mean, Yuri Kulik's Kulik's still a teenager. Um, uh, Isaac Roseains twenty years old. They're both in their second season, and they're above excuse me uh they're in the top tier of of scores the first five six weeks of the AHL season so what they're doing in the second best hockey league in the world at such a young age I mean at at their age is is very unique and special so uh I think it was time to give them a look but uh I'm not sure how long it's going to last forgive me uh Zemkis Gergensen's is also hurt, and of course, how could I forget? Tage Thompson is also out. So, if Tage, I mean, Tage Thompson, I suspect will be back in a few weeks. Zemgis Girgensons is on is also on IR. I'm not sure how long he's going to be out. It's about a week. So, I mean, they could get a few more looks here, and I, I think they should give them a few more looks. I mean, um, they've graduated. I mean, they've reached they've reached the point in their career their young careers where I think they deserve to play 15 minutes in an NHL game and, and see how they can contribute.
1: Well, it's a, it's not like the Sabres are going to get any more reinforcements. It's a sad day. Patrick Kane uh, signed with the Red Wings.
0: It's not a sad day for me because now you can stop bringing it up every week.
1: Until until late June. That's right. <laughs> when the rumor mill, rumor mill picks up again. So unless uh, unless they're gonna they're gonna acquire Connor McDavid for future considerations, I know it's a lot to give up for the Sabers. Uh, mm. I I don't think uh, they're getting any outside help any anytime soon. So you know whatever they're getting, that's gonna have to come from Rochester. And I don't know. I, I it's intriguing to me to see Kulik and and Rosie get get a chance here. Obviously they're young. I, I can't envision them. Turning it on and and sticking for the rest of the season. Obviously, I mean that's with Benson there, uh, with Paterka still being young. Um, obviously, he's having a tremendous season. Paterka, um, Quinn coming back. He's young. Krebs is still relatively young. There's a lot of young guys to have to have on a roster at one time. I I, I don't know if that's sustainable.
0: Yeah, and they do have an incredibly young roster and but i mean in, in the same breath though i mean a lot of these guys have experience i mean this is Rasmus Stalins whatever 6th year and, and Tage Thompson's been around whatever 7 years. i mean 7 years or whatever and, and they're only in their i mean they're only in their low 20s or mid 20s i mean so a lot of young players that do have experience maybe not playoff experience but they have been a while been around a while but um, yeah i don't i'm not sure that uh, throwing you know a teenager into the th- you know the thick of uh, you know <laughs> an nhl season is always the best thing especially when you have other ones but i mean if, if they deserve it they deserve it um zach benson who you know we haven't mentioned much tonight but uh i mean he, he he's he's around now i mean he's a top six forward and he's 18 years old it's amazing i don't know if he's going to stay the rest of the year i don't know if he's going to go to canada's world junior camp or i don't know if come whenever sometime in the winter they just send him back to junior but i mean for him to do what he's doing is pretty significant and he's i mean he's he was drafted in june and no one expected him to make the nhl this year so um, a lot of young guys uh but i mean a lot of talented mature young guys who have a want that a uh, uh, you know a lot of players don't have.
1: Well, Bill, what 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 do you foresee with the Sabers in the 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 short-term uh, schedule here? It's it's this is going to be a weird month for the Sabers schedule-wise.
0: Well, I mean, right off the the hop here, I mean, the St. Louis Blues on Thursday, the uh, uh, Carolina Hurricanes on Saturday two road games come back Sunday for Nashville they uh, they have Patrick Kane of the Detroit Red Wings on Tuesday assuming Kane's ready to play I mean the Bruins on the road a week from Thursday so I mean they have I mean they have a rough schedule coming up and only it only, and then they it only gets rougher uh, as the month goes on so I mean uh, this is, I mean, this is heavy. I mean, they're in a tough division, a tough conference, and I mean, there aren't <laughs> there are many many uh, gimme games out there. I mean, uh, I mean, if they were in the division with the Sharks or or someone else, you you could see three or four easy wins. But I I don't think any of these teams the Sabres play upcoming you could write down as a win. So
1: hey, the Sharks are on a point streak
0: yeah they are actually they've since they hit rock bottom they've slowly climbed out of it yes but um I just it's just it, it's unending with the Sabres the schedule and uh and uh if, but if as I've said if if they want to go anywhere they have to start stringing together wins I mean they they I mean, they
1: need good teams they, to do it too like what's I mean. that if they want to be a playoff team, they got to beat playoff teams.
0: Oh, of course. I mean, I mean, I mean they just beat the Rangers. They beat, they beat Colorado. I mean, they've, you know, they have some terrific wins, and I, I I mean, they're more than capable of doing it. So, um, I mean, I mean, you know, St. Louis. I mean, that's a, it's a difficult game, but they have played well against the Blues at times recently. Uh, Carolina. I mean, Carolina's given them fits, but. Uh, they could have won there, I think, last game. So, I mean, they have their work cut out for them. But, I mean, there's no reason they can't, you know, come home with four points. Even, I mean, I know that's a tall task, but I mean, why not?
1: I, I think this is going to be the make or break stretch this 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 next four weeks uh, leading into Christmas. I think I think we'll we'll have a pretty good read on who they're going to be the rest of the season with this stretch here. I think they, they just have to start stringing together some wins consecutively in the next few weeks here. It, otherwise I think it's going to be a a tough, tough winter.
0: And, you know, we talk about the, uh, I've talked about Thanksgiving, how uh, basically in, in the beginning of December uh, teams who are in playoff spots, usually, uh, you know stay in those playoff spots i mean the sabers i mean they're only the three out of the wild card i mean they're in rel- i mean they're in good shape yes you'd like for them to be sec- securely in one of those eight spots but i mean they're in good shape uh, i think uh you know they're in danger of they have a bad week they could really fall down but um you know they're they're in good enough shape considering they've had some struggles
1: well Bill, what uh, what what did you do with your, your Thanksgiving holiday?
0: I went to my aunt and uncle's.
1: You're a wild man. That's right. You didn't have pumpkin pie, you said though.
0: Pumpkin cheesecake.
1: Oh boy, you love your cheesecake.
0: It was good. Addictive. I had I had more than one slice, I'll tell you that.
1: All right. So it was a it was a tough weekend for for Buffalo coaches here obviously people are are still are still calling for Sean McDermott's uh Sean McDermott's job and and people were calling for Don Granado's job on on Saturday night after 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 his thorough whooping um by the devils and we we obviously talked about McDermott's uh McDermott's uh, uh, status earlier in the show. We've talked about Granados in the past. What do you make of this this phenomenon? Uh, and I think it, it's it's intensifying of just just the knee jerk reaction to fire a coach.
0: I think it's ridiculous. I mean, uh, I mean, Sean McDermott is as, as you've pointed out many times. I mean, uh, three straight division titles, four straight playoff appearances, uh, you know, five overall. I mean. I mean, Don Granado, what he's d- done in his time as coach. I mean, he. I mean, he's the best coach since Lindy Ruff, f- far and away. I mean, he had an instant impact. I mean, uh, he's he's gotten them s- f- farther than anyone I think expected in this amount of time. And I mean, he. I mean, just you look at some of the things he's done. I mean, I mean, you know taking tage thompson from a guy that was on whatever the taxi squad a healthy scratch and now he's one of the league's best offensive threats at all star i mean there's there's so many different things and i and that you know they have a a bad game and people want him fired i mean i i don't i don't understand that i mean if you're a sabers fan you should i mean you should love the stability that you know don granado gives you you should i mean i just I, i really don't get it and uh, but, I, I mean, in the world we live in right now, I don't think those knee-jerk reactions are going to change.
1: I mean, it, it, it's just everywhere. Like, um, there are people calling for uh, Ohio State coach Ryan Day to be fired. hes He's got seven career losses. Three of them are in the college football playoff, and three of them are at the Michigan. <laughs> um, I mean, who are you going to get that's better?
0: Uh, well, that's the thing. I mean, <laughs> that's the- – That's always the thing too. I mean, like, okay, well who's gonna who would replace whoever? Like
1: Well I I, I think like in in with the, the Buffalo scenario, um the 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 Bills just extended Sean McDermott over the summer. They're they're not going to pay Terry Pagula is not going to pay we we don't know if he's gonna he wants to pay a buyout to one of those guys. He's not going to pay a buyout for both of them. And then hire two new coaches. It's just not going to happen. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, Indagranado
0: uh, received an extension uh, prior to last season, I believe. And, and I mean, it, I just, I mean, I, I just, I just don't understand it. it like, why that's people's knee jerk reaction? I mean, the, the 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 grass isn't always greener. I can tell you that. I mean. I can tell you the Sabres are, 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 you know, they've been lucky to have Don Granato.
1: When it it works, it it almost seems like a crapshoot. Like, you look at the Broncos. They fired John Fox, I believe, after the 2014 season. And then uh, Gary Kubiak comes in and they win the Super Bowl. Well, that was almost a crapshoot because Peyton Manning got hurt he was kind of a shallow himself even before he got hurt um and their their defense just kind of won games for them but who's to say that that wouldn't have happened with john fox like that's crazy you look uh, dan bylawsmo i believe was it the year that the year that they won the stanley cup in 09 was that the, the the year that he got he got hired midseason from he he took
0: over for Michelle tarian midseason
1: and then it's not like he had. Obviously, he eventually got fired. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a crapshoot. I mean, uh, I can I can remember uh, the the pursuit of Mike Babcock. Oh um, yeah,
0: I remember that very well too.
1: Like obviously he was the hot candidate. I he got fired in Detroit, or like, well, I think what his contract ran out. They didn't renew his. Yeah, contract. he wanted to leave. Um, but the race for for Babcock, and it just. Never worked out. I mean,
0: no, I mean, he, I mean, he, yeah, the Maple Leafs fired him. So, um, yeah, I mean, the grass isn't always greener. That's my, that's my mantra tonight. My, uh, my saying, because I really, I really, I really believe it.
1: <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I once turned down a, a car rental to Mike Babcock. Turned down? Uh, we were sold out. The entire airport was sold out uh, back in my, my car rental days. Years and years ago, right after college.
0: In Rochester, this is?
1: Yeah, right. I, I, before, I, I I didn't really... It took me like a half a second to to uh, compute in my head that it was him. And by the time that I did, he was gone. Just disappeared into the crowd because um, I would have I probably would have uh I probably would have screwed over somebody else for him but wow well there you go I mean the, the... Well, he's got deep pockets
0: what, what, are you, what are you gonna gouge him on it yes absolutely <laughs> okay
1: just like I would gouge you
0: oh yeah well I'm too cheap to rent a car so there you go
1: that's why I'm not in the business anymore
0: got out of the business all right
1: among other things
0: all right Nick well uh we feel good about this third episode 13 in the books. Another uh, eventful weekend for the Sabres, not the bills who are in their bye week Thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week. Leave us a review. Uh, send us an email, buffalo press at gmail.com. If you want, we'll talk about something. Uh, All right, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next week.